welcome to Motherhood Every Kind of Way. We want to take a closer look at the journeys of women after and through motherhood. Hey everyone, this is Lynette. Welcome to episode nine. In today's episode, I interview Leah Wiseman Fink. Leah moved from the suburbs of Detroit which is where I also grew up, to New York City in 2003. She meant to stay for five years, but in the last 16, she's gained a solid career in education, a husband, two kids, and four going on six pizzerias. She currently runs Classes At, creating community and helping people navigate parenthood from anything in the first few months to choosing a school to re-entering the workforce. Sitting down with Leah was equal parts hanging out with an old friend and being on a really great first date. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Leah, it's so good to see you. So good to see you too. I'm really excited because we've technically known each other since we were sixth graders. Yep. I don't know if we've ever really had a conversation with each we other. Definitely. I don't think we have. Mm-mm. Can I tell you the ridiculous thing that I associate with you? Please. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but go for it. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so my parents, uh, there's a thing in my family where we give names uh-huh. that have the same initial as your mom. So okay. my name is Lynette. My mom's name is Leanne. My daughter's name is Lena. Oh. My sister is Laura, and her daughter is Lexi. So my parents were looking for a biblical name that started with the letter L, and they thought of Leah. And then they they thought, well, there's a line in the Bible that said, that describes Leah as the sister with the dull eyes. (laughs) And then I remember meeting you or knowing of you and thinking, well, that's completely wrong because you have some of the most beautiful eyes on any person I've ever seen. Thank you so much. That's 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 such a nice compliment. That's the memory. Do you know that me and my mom, my mom is Lynn and I'm Leah. So crazy. Is that funny? Yeah, that is funny. But my kids both have S names, so. But yeah. That, yeah. It's so crazy because Leah lives in New York and Brooklyn, but you're here visiting Chicago right now, so yes. we're doing this interview in person, which is awesome. It's awesome. In this very freezing city of Chicago. Know. Welcome during the polar vortex <laughs> to yes. our city. It's actually balmy outside today. Yeah. Can you tell me about yourself? before becoming a mother, and then a little bit about how you've changed since becoming a mother. Sure. Okay. So me before becoming a mom, I'm thinking of like the years between college and motherhood Mm -hmm. in New York. I loved it. I had the best time. I moved to New York to teach in the Bronx. Um, Sort of a career that I fell into. I studied English in college, and I was like, okay, what do I do with this degree? Mm -hmm. Signed right up for this teaching fellows program, where I got my master's in two years while working for the city, but they throw you right in front of a classroom. So like, like the moment you started the moment like you I think you had like maybe six weeks of training in the summer which okay. is like nothing which is nothing, nothing. Yeah. and then here I am standing in front of a classroom of ninth graders in the Bronx I'm 23 and look 18 yeah and I'm like what is going on here you know, it was sort of like a moment where I was like, okay, there's, this could go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I ended up actually being kind of a strict teacher. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like the first day you got to sort of lay down the law and then 
Was that and something th- you didn't expect about not yourself? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect anything. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I just ran in there and I was uh-huh. like, okay. I did not expect that. I mean, I'm a relatively like sweet person mm-hmm. but no I ran that classroom like a tight ship yes and it worked it worked for me and teaching was something that sort of came naturally to me I mean that's it's it's funny to say because nobody's a good teacher on the first day but I learned a ton um I really loved it I love connecting with the kids mm-hmm. and you know I've always been a pretty passionate person and I think that came out a lot in my career I also just like friends and family are so important to me so outside of working I always spent a lot of time with my friends, um, made time for celebrations, and I was in New York, but my whole family's in Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I have always, since I've lived in New York, flown back and forth like all the time. I was really close with my grandmother, who was not thrilled when I announced I was moving to New York. Yeah, I'm sure. So in New York, every single day from the subway to walking to my school, mm-hmm. I called my grandma to That's check in. so awesome. Yeah, it was, it was like the best. And mm-hmm. also, my grandma was kind of uh, the kind of woman that if you didn't, you're, you're in trouble. So. Right. <laughs> so you really didn't yes. have a choice. No. I remember one day I forgot my cell phone, and I'm getting off the subway, and I like book it to school. Yeah. And someone's in the teacher's lounge on the phone, and I'm like, get off the phone. I have to call my grandma or I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those parts of my life about like just family, friends being super central, and then being passionate about career. And um, I've always been a person who like likes to have fun. I always have been a person who likes to laugh. So that's that's me before motherhood. Mm-hmm. Then I think a lot of the things have stayed the same. That's great. I am still fiercely loyal and love spending time with friends and family. Now, probably more than ever. I still fly back to Michigan four times a year. <laughs> I have made friends like family. Both those people that were my friends um, when I was 23 in New York. And people, especially like the people, we have babies at the same time. Yeah. And you're in the trenches and you're like, what is going on? And those people, like when when I had my second baby, mm-hmm. you know, I had a couple of those people on call in case I went to labor in the middle of the night. Like, oh, you're coming over to pick up Sammy. Yeah. And then career-wise, I'm still very passionate about my career. Some of the things I do have changed, mm-hmm. but I still love it. I still get excited about it I still you know it's not the same as working with high schoolers in the Bronx but Mm -hmm. working with new moms really lights me up and when I can help somebody and bring people together in an authentic meaningful way can you talk a little bit about you were teaching and then you were an assistant principal through after Sammy was born can you describe sure so I taught Mm-hmm. I taught for like about six or seven years mm-hmm. and I went back and got my leadership degree um, from Columbia and that's like a principal's license, mm-hmm. um, a degree and a license. From there, I went to opening brand new schools in New York City and it was so much fun. So I worked for Central and we found the superstar talent mm-hmm. and we um, had them write their proposal and we basically coach them through like pre-opening steps yes. and then um, the schools opened and it was a really fun project. That was my full-time job. In a full cir- circle moment, Sammy goes to one of those schools so that cool. I opened. When Sammy was born, I left that. Also, the mayor was changing, so the politics of New York made that project much, much smaller than it was. Yeah. At that point, I worked on helping parents figure out where to send their kids to school, mm-hmm. which is a huge need in New York City yeah. and Brooklyn. So, like, I, I think that's true of most large cities. Like, yeah. I, I 
witnessed it a lot when I lived in Los Angeles and we didn't have to quite think about it yet. And I see it in Chicago too. So it was just a huge need and people were talking to me about it and I'm like, oh, I know the answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I started doing that and I did that when Sammy was tiny until he was like two, three. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got recruited into this job where I was coaching principals again, which was another fun job. I taught at Columbia in the program I graduated from, Education Leadership. And then from there, I got recruited into this assistant principal job. I was an assistant principal for a full year. Sammy was like three to four. Then I got pregnant and had my second baby in August. Mm -hmm. Left for maternity leave. Came back to that job where I kind of encountered a disaster. Yes. You came back expecting to return after maternity leave to your job. Correct. The moment I announced I was pregnant, things started going downhill at that job. I started getting negative ratings for the first time and shut out of meetings and a little bit of a cold shoulder. Ugh, from faculty, from staff? From, from your... Mostly from my boss. Yeah. And then the day I was leaving to go on maternity leave, so I was like eight months pregnant, I had a conversation with my boss where I was like, I hope things can be better when I come back from maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And she kind of said to me, they won't be. Teachers have ill will against you. It won't be better next year. I don't think it will be comfortable for you next year. The other piece of the story is my husband and I own pizzerias. Mm -hmm. That's his full-time job, which is a really fun job. Yeah. And it's exciting. And I can't wait to try your I can't wait to have you over. I'm in New York. I mean, that's actually my favorite part about running pizzerias is Mm -hmm. that it's like this amazing thing that I can have people over. I can host people. Yeah food is love like Mm -hmm. it's so that part is so fun but what's not fun is health insurance (laughs) no so I said in this conversation I am my family's solid health insurance yeah and solid paycheck like pizzerias make money but it's an entrepreneurial task and I was a fully the family's health insurance and I knew that I would have to be coming back that's exactly what I said and I mean and it's built into that job right like you are supposed to be able to go on maternity leave and then come back exactly so I go on maternity leave you know I say to her like I'm coming back maybe I'll have a part-time schedule which she agreed to Mm -hmm. well oh let me tell you this part was like maybe the most horror story part of this story you know that visit when you go back to work you might have read about this in books or magazines okay You bring your baby to work. Yes. To scope out the scene, say hello to people, Mm -hmm. look at what your office looks like. Mm -hmm. So I do that visit. Um, Sydney is two months and three weeks because it's like about the Mm -hmm. week before I go back. And I go in and my office is taken over by uh, the new assistant principal. Repainted my stuff was in boxes. It's repainted. Repainted. (laughs) My office is completely taken over and gone. I see my new desk is in sort of like the corner of a basement of this like college lounge room. I see a few people in the hall and I say hi and everyone says, oh, your baby's so cute. Mm -hmm. And I was just like trying to put on my happiest face and have the most positive attitude because like I knew I was walking into this thing that was not going to be great, but I was going to make the best of it. And I walk into my boss's office at the end of it and said, you know, I feel a little bit better after coming here, like ready to come back next week. Like again, like big, big girl pants, smiley face. And she said, well, I just want you to know that the teachers still have ill will against you. Do you feel like that was even true? Or was that something that, some narrative that she created? I think it was a narrative that she created and maybe um, also like stoked. Is that the right word? Like stoked the fire about? Yeah. 
But I thought that it was probably the most cruel thing anyone had ever said to me. With a two-month, three-week-old baby strapped to my chest, someone who was obviously, like, struggling, walking back into the situation was just cruel. I have no other way to put it. So unfair and so cruel. Yeah. So then in going back, so I did go back because I needed health insurance. Yeah. Wow. I sat in this corner of the basement and my first day back, so she told me I could go pump in the nurse's office. Mm -hmm. And I go into the nurse's office and I'm like, hi, I'm here to pump. And the nurse says, you can't pump in here. It's too germy. And I like would have pumped in there. It wasn't like that I thought it was too germy, but this person told me it's too germy. And I'm like, like my first day back, my heart is broken. Mm -hmm. Like this, I I had planned to pump in my private office that was now taken over. I was like, just please let me pump for today. Uh And I like went in there and hysterically cried while I pumped. I think I talked to my mom on the phone and I was like hysterically crying. So then the other like things that happened were I didn't go back to pump in the nurse's office. I pumped in this like shared college lounge corner of the basement where my desk was, which was uh, like not great, but not horrific until a couple months into the year. Mm -hmm. They started using that that room as a wood shop. What? And so there were like (laughs) saws and dust and like it was like not a sanitary situation. No. There was also, when I came back that first day, I had no mailbox. I had no, uh, my name was not on the sign-in board anymore. And teachers were like, what are you doing here? So there was no it, like intro email, like, no. hey, Leah's, Leah's back. back. <laughs> no, nothing. And the, the high school has a program where some of the kids go to a college. Mm-hmm. They take some of their classes there and they can earn college credits. It's a very cool program, actually. Mm-hmm. And I had had some conversations with the principal even before I came back that like, I'll just work on that because two things. One, it was good work. And two, then I could remove myself from the high school Mm -hmm. part of it and like not have to look at teachers who are like, what are you doing here? So I shuffled myself over there as much as possible and made as much work for myself Mm -hmm. as possible there. The other advantage was that building had a private pumping room oh cool that I could sign up for yeah because I mean the pumping thing it's awful yeah it's not fun it's awful in the best of circumstances Mm -hmm. so to like try and have to figure out like is someone coming in this this? shared room is this dust gonna poison my baby is you know feeling nervous while you're pumping is not conducive to maximum milk production like that's I'm really sorry thank you it sounds horrible. And I also really admire your strength through it, like recognizing what you needed and just getting it. So eventually you left this job. So, okay, so a uh, couple months in, mm-hmm. the principal says to me, you know what, I'm going to need you back at the high school two days a week. And I'm pretty sure that was just to make sure that I finally left at the end of the year. Being at the high school was like obviously not, there's no tasks for me. There's uh-huh. nothing for me to do there. There's no place for me to sit. And I think it was just like, okay, let's make sure that you're leaving. So after that, I had a meeting with her and I was like, look, health insurance. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here until June 30th or whatever the end of the year is. Mm -hmm. Um, But just please let me stay at the college until then. Let me like, you know, do all this work that I've made for myself and like, let's call it truce. So she did that. Mm -hmm. And I stayed at the college till the end of the year and I resigned on July 1st. And I... During this whole year, I was sort of on the fence about, like, do I file a complaint? Do I pursue legal action? Do I just walk away? Like, let's just walk our second separate ways. Yeah. After that truce meeting, mm-hmm. I actually was like, I said what I needed to say. Because I, in that meeting, also outlined all the things 
that were so uncomfortable and mm-hmm. so painful for me. And being able to say that to somebody's face was very empowering. Yes. And I thought, okay, let's go our two separate ways. Mm-hmm. The other part of me was like, this is so messed up. Yeah. This happens to too many people. This is not right. And I should not have been treated like this. I feel like it must have been surreal having that experience. Maybe an experience that you'd seen happen to other people happen to you. I mean, I think about how when there's conflict in my life, it is all consuming, right? Like you can't stop thinking about it and it affects every part of you. I'm curious about what it felt like to be going through that battle yeah. while also being the mom to a four-year-old and what, how old was Sammy? Right, like a, yeah. a four-year-old. Yeah, four, four and a half and, and Sid was like... And, a, and an infant. It I mean, was it was heartbreaking is what it was. Like yeah. it felt heartbreaking because another part is that Sid is my last. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a two-kid family. Mm-hmm. And she was is so sweet yeah. cuddly like she's the best baby she, you know like as I like to dress her up in tutus yes. and take pictures of her like I like to connect with the moms and like take her to do stuff so being away from her yeah. being away from her to get treated like crap Ugh. felt heartbreaking now I don't feel that way I love working I really love doing the stuff with classes at helping people figure out where to send their kids to school like a lot of the work that I do I just love doing it and I don't feel that pain of being away from my children because yeah. like I, I just I think it's such an important part of myself yes but when you're giving up that precious time and being treated like shit yeah it's heartbreaking I feel really proud of you for Thank you. Speaking to this this experience that happened to you, and I think that it'll help just validate what other moms go through. I think in different ways, I hear over and over about women who get pushed out of positions because they were pregnant or thinking about being pregnant or becoming moms. Yeah. I look forward to the happy ending of this story. Oh my God, me too. Well, the other part I didn't quite talk about mm-hmm. is after I left, left the job, I did a lot more contemplating about should I pursue this or mm-hmm. let it go? And I just couldn't let it go mm-hmm. in my head. I, like, couldn't sleep about it. I was right. talking about it all the time. My husband tried to convince me not to pursue it. And, you know, we went to speak to a lawyer together. Mm-hmm. And he heard sort of, like, the other side. And he heard me talk about how important it was, like, to my heart mm-hmm. to stand up for myself. And in doing that, standing up for so many other people. Yeah. And so, like, it's it became a bigger issue to me. Yeah. Um, not only pursuing the legal action, but also just the ability to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's, you know, I feel like what we're doing here. Yes. And, like, I want to continue doing. And I hope there's a happy ending legally. Yeah. But I also am going to keep telling my story as much as I possibly can. And I feel like there's a happy ending anyway in that everything that came out of post that job ending, I feel like the kind of person you are to continue just following whatever you're passionate about and continuing to find work that's meaningful for you. Talk about classes at. Sure. This is what you've created. Yeah. So while I was like going through all this, in my mind, I'm thinking of like, what am I, what am I doing next? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing with like 
my talent and passions and what I do naturally. I started started classes at. Speaking to like the pregnancy discrimination side of it, I really want to empower women and I want them to be their best selves as mothers and professionally too. So classes at sort of has three arms. The first arm is new moms classes and pregnancy classes mm-hmm. and also one-on-one work with moms mm-hmm. where I just help moms navigate those first early months of motherhood whether it's like oh my god I'm not sleeping she's not sleeping yeah nobody's sleeping or whether it's like oh my god my husband and my relationship has totally flipped upside down what do we yes. do with that mm-hmm. Or how do I meet people? Or those inklings of postpartum depression that a lot of people don't know what they are Mm -hmm. until they're way past it. I feel like that's like a a really big one that I like to talk about because I feel like it's not talked about enough. Um, So that's arm one. Yes, cool. (laughs) Arm two is doing the school consulting. Mm -hmm. So I talk to families about what their hopes and dreams are for their children and help them navigate the school system. Because there's so many options. And where I live in Brooklyn, there's so many great options. Mm -hmm. But it seems really scary and daunting. So I do lectures where I give an overview of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then I often do one work with families and helping them like figure out a game plan. Awesome. And then lastly, the third arm is helping women figure out a career path after baby. So, so often like the choices are go back to work, stay home with your baby. And then there's this other option that's starting your own thing yeah. or le- I don't, I'm not going to say leaning in cause I don't like that term, <laughs> but pursuing this sort of dream or mm-hmm. side hustle or idea that you have. Yes. And so, so many of the women I talk to have something, have something like that. That's brilliant and cool. And we're kind of scared to say what it is. Yes. Yes. I think because that third option that you're describing, for whatever reason, it's just we don't talk about it as much. Mm-hmm. Like we, we sort of present it as you have two choices. You can go back to your job or you can be a stay-at-home mom. And also just like the part of it that's like putting pen to paper mm-hmm. about the ideas. Like I've sat down with a lot of women that it's like, okay, here's the idea. Mm-hmm. Here's the name or the placeholder name. Let's start an Instagram account. Let's throw up a website. Let's uh, post it and like start the ball rolling. Yeah. Obviously there's a lot of stop- steps that happen. And after that, you know, mm-hmm. like the um, LLCs and the bank accounts and the taxes, but just like that, those first steps of the cheerleader, the encourager, the yeah. like all those things. And I really, really love that work and uh, I hope to do more of it. I love how classes at covers so many different aspects, right? Yeah. Like you're looking at new moms, you're looking at moms with kids in school, you're looking at the mom herself yeah. and who she is. That's so exciting. Thank I wish so I lived in Brooklyn so that I could come check it out. <laughs> Thank you so much. A lot of it was born out of what I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Stuff that, that I wish had existed. And so I'm putting it out there in the world. My next question is whether you have a dream version of motherhood. To be very honest with you, I feel like I'm kind of living close to it. That's awesome. And I don't like I don't want to sound like pretentious. No, I think you should own it. Like yeah. don't apologize. Like yeah. what it means is, is that you're listening to yourself and your dreams. Yeah. So. I mean, really, okay, so when Sydney was tiny, like not even a month. Mm-hmm. Johnny and I went to, um, I think my mother-in-law was in town. He's like, let's just get away f- for the night. Um, we live close to this place called the North Fork, which is like, it's my favorite place in the world oh, or one of them. Awesome. So we go out and 
you know, I have this, like, th- this vision of having to go back to this job I don't really want to go back to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, I'm still in the throes of, like, t- brand new motherhood, waking yes. up a couple times, waking up a couple times a night. Yeah. We're sitting on this beach. Johnny and I were talking about my career. And I was saying, like, the problem is I'm not quite sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a dream out there. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, just des- describe your dream day. And I was like, okay, well... I wake up, I walk Sammy to school, I go have a few meetings with people, mm-hmm. I go to this like beautiful co-working space, which I have now, it's The Wing, which is incredible. Awesome. I do some computer work, um, I talk to people on the phone, I come back, pick up Sammy from school, we make dinner together, put the kids to bed, you go work on the pizzerias, because that's what he does like after the kids go to bed Mm -hmm. and then like wake up and do it all again basically actually the other day johnny was driving me after we had taken sammy to school to the train Mm -hmm. and i was going into the city to do a little consulting work and he's like do you realize this is basically the dream life you described and i'm like it really is yeah it really is and that's crazy and i i also am very lucky that Mm -hmm. that i can do that Another thing we were talking about is being a city mom. Yeah. I love being a city mom. Yeah. I love it. Sammy goes to a school that I helped open Mm -hmm. that's three blocks away. He's in a dual language class, so half of it is in Spanish and half is in English. Mm -hmm. The parents are very involved. It's very progressive. I have a lot of the friends from when our kids were born at the same time, Mm -hmm. both with Sammy and Sydney, that like we meet each other for coffee or like I'll bring pizza to one of their houses and we'll just like let the kids run. It's dreamy. Yeah. It's amazing. Like Mm -hmm. I love it. I'll say the only thing that's not dreamy is I was born and raised in Michigan like you were and I'm very, very close with my family and that still hurts. They feel far away. Yeah. And I was raised in a family where it wasn't like you saw your aunts, uncles, and cousins on holidays. We saw each other every day and we spent weekends at each other's houses. We had sleepovers. We, Mm -hmm. you know, my family was like in my world. Yeah. I'm really lucky my little sister lives in New York. Oh, cool. So she is over every Sunday night for dinner. But I just miss that everyday life part of it. I can see how... Um, I'm not sure that everyone would describe their friendships with the moms that they had their children with in the way that you have, where you go to each other's homes and you have all the kids running around together. And it seems like they are in your life the way that family it's true. is in your life. That's so true. I mean, I have created, like... Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not like friends like family. It's like they are family. Friends who are family. Yeah. Yeah. I also need to give a shout out to our nanny. Yes, of course. <laughs> because she is family. Mm-hmm. We found her when Sammy was five weeks old Mm -hmm. and I was so in the depths of it that I was like I was like nice to meet you here's my child (laughs) she could she could have been anyone but she's wonderful her name's Maria she is family when I'm sick she makes me soup Mm -hmm. you know she she yells at me if the kids are not wearing warm enough sweaters you know like (laughs) that kind of way your mom exactly oh exactly a hundred percent so like I feel like having her has just saved me and I mentioned her grandson is in Sammy's class and they call each other cousins which is amazing that's like you know people say like the people who take care of our children are like family and I'm always like no 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 in our in in my world they are family and then Sydney is actually her middle name is Thelma Sydney Thelma yeah and she's named after the woman who took care of me growing up 
Thelma, who was like my everything. Uh, We were so close and I loved her. And she passed away when I was pregnant with Sid. And so having her name in Sydney's is like, I look at her and like... You feel her. Yeah, it just like brings me so much joy. And like when I see Sydney's joy, I'm like, oh, maybe you got that from Thelma, you know? Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, I I just think that's such an important part. I love talking about that, how like we can create these families and have these supports. You know, I wonder, I've had this experience, I don't know if you have to. The fact that I think getting help, hiring a nanny or what our family does, um, we host au pairs. Mm -hmm. How to me, it is just this amazing extension. Now I feel like we have homes Mm -hmm. in Brazil, France, and Austria, you know, due to where our au pairs are from. And I feel like the more people who can love my children like I do. Right. What a gift that is. Mm -hmm. But I I will admit that I feel like I've run up against, you know, people who are a little judgy about that, who feel like, oh, how can you let this person, you know, so closely into your home who you don't know, or how could they ever really love your kids as Mm -hmm. much as you do? Mm -hmm. Um, And I love talking to other moms who who know exactly what I mean when I say, oh, this person who is not, like, blood-related to me is our family forever. Forever. Uh I also like to say about Maria, like, I think she she kind of does it better than I do. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she would not forget the sweater. You know? She, you know, she makes sure the food is nutritious. Like, in the best way possible. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree on the point where, like, the most love is the best. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's related to the fact that you have a leadership background, too, and, like, you're able to delegate and not feel like, you I know, have to have a hand in everything, you know? You know, I also, like, somehow I think... I don't have that mom guilt gene. <laughs> um, excuse me, but I would like to hear more about this. I just, like, I, like I said, when I was back at work, mm-hmm. being treated like shit and giving up time with Sid, that broke my heart in a yes. way that's like, this is not worth it. Uh-huh. But in terms of guilt of, like, that Maria's taking care of her and I'm not, I'm like, you do it better. Um, I like to do... Well, I'm on a mom's weekend right now. Yes, you are. That's why you're here in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, exactly. My friend Angie, who's one of my best, best mom friends, mm-hmm. broke my heart and moved to Chicago in August. Yeah. So um, we were like, we need a, a mom's weekend, like a reunion get-together. Mm-hmm. And so we planned this like about a month ago, and we're like, okay, we're all leaving our children mm-hmm. <laughs> with the significant others. I have backup from my mother-in-law in New York, too. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We're going to have fun. And I stayed in a hotel by myself last night, and it was glorious. (laughs) And I just like, okay, again, I'm so lucky that I have a partner who supports that. Absolutely. And that has, like, the ability and confidence and and wants to do it. He loves, Mm -hmm. you know, he loves doing that. But also knows that, like, for my mental health, this is, like, the best thing I could be doing. Yeah. It's like taking a weekend for myself with the friends. Um, and I like to talk about that, too, because almost everybody feels some mom guilt. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like if I'm happy, then everybody in my family's happier. Yes. And, like, that's just, like, it's sometimes hard to see. But I really like to preach that in my yes. classes at everything. But, yeah, when mom's happy, like, everything falls into place. I'm curious whether that model of motherhood was modeled for you in your own family. I mean, you just, first of all, you describe that your whole family was together a mm-hmm. lot. So in some, it sounds like in some ways this kind of model of motherhood was modeled for you. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, 
I think my also my family always valued joy and having fun together in these big herds that we always were in we didn't have too many rules growing up which is (laughs) yes I I definitely repeat that pattern (laughs) with my children but just like and and this isn't to say that I grew up in a a perfect family because my family was actually like a little bit messy Mm -hmm. in terms of like my parents got divorced and you know there were there were parts of it that were hard but the wonderful part is that because there was so much love and so much joy it's sort of like filled up those places that were messy Mm -hmm. and hurt and like that is just the biggest blessing I've had two huge losses in my family this year on both sides a cousin and an aunt and like the depth of that pain highlights how amazing it is to grow up in a family like that and I really hope to replicate that for my kids Mm -hmm. you know in terms of my actual family by being there as much as I can yeah. and in terms of like the friends and, and caregivers and community I have in Brooklyn. Yeah. Don't make me cry. It's okay if you do. You know, mom guilt is one of those things that we've been thinking about how to talk about. I have this instinct that it comes from somewhere else. It It's passed on, mm-hmm. you know? And so my curiosity around how you're able to do that and if it came from your family was yeah. sort of fun. And I think, I don't know, I think you're sort of saying that it did, that, yeah. that appreciation of joy and sort of knowing what joy looks like. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. I, I mean, think that yeah. we don't always know mm-hmm. when we are in a space of joyfulness if, if there weren't people around us sort of calling attention to it. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. and celebrating small things. Yeah. Um, I think also in terms of shame, you're so right about like the judgment culture mm-hmm. for moms. Yeah. It comes up so often. Like not only in what you hear, but also what you read online, yes. what you read in magazines, what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. And I just fully reject it. Ugh. I do too, and I'm so glad to hear you say it. Oh, aloud. I just fully reject it. Like, mm-hmm. fuck that shit. Yeah. You know, there was, I feel like there was a huge wave about breastfeeding is best, mm-hmm. right? Only right. breastfeed. Right. There was. Or, I, or breast your, is best. Breast is best, breast, or you're done for. And I actually didn't have such a hard time breastfeeding either of my kids. Yeah. So that's, you know, I'm just using it as an example. But it's like, I watch so many people drive themselves crazy mm-hmm. and feel such shame and sadness about not being able to breastfeed. Yeah. And I just think that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, uh, y- yes, there are benefits to breastfeeding. Right. There are real scientific benefits, and it's great. And antibodies, and it's free, and like all those things. But there's no reason that people should be made should feel like shit if they can't do right. it. There's, there's just like no reason for that culture. I completely agree with you. And I say this as a mom who, I, I feel like I'm in the other, I have breastfed for longer than any mom that I know wow. in person. And it's something that actually, due to the shame that I perceive I would experience mm-hmm. for admitting it aloud, it's just a, it is truly a natural part of my life that I have not thought and I don't do because I had some breastfeeding through full term is best I don't have that it's just what works for my family and it's so interesting how there is shame linked to everything everything breastfeed your child for too long and you're yes you're a 
selfish mother who, yeah. you know, yeah. is, is sexually abusing your children or don't breastfeed them for long enough and right. you're a mother who doesn't care about the health of your child. I mean, Absolutely. It's none of those things. That's so funny. Your example <laughs> is a perfect example of the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's But it's the same exact theory yeah. of judgment. I always talk about that in my new parents' classes too, which is a combination of information and support. But the kinds of information... I'm going to give are, and I'll use sleep as an example. Yes. There is sleep training and there is co-sleeping. And those are kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then there are a whole bunch of steps in between, a whole bunch of different theories. There are books, there are experts. And what I'm going to do in the class is I'm going to tell you, not all the methods because, you know, it's not an all-day seminar, but I'm going to give you a whole bunch of choices and then I want you to go home and figure out which one is the best fit for your family with no judgment on any end. It's so cool that you're doing this. I feel like that is revolutionary because I feel like there are so many things out there that give you the way to do something. And it's just simply, it's just not true that there is one way. So I love that you provide a spectrum of solutions. Options. Yeah. And then the other part to that is... There are no, there is no right way, mm-hmm. no one way, right way. And then also just the highlight on, and there is no guilt. Like don't, don't guilt yourself and yeah. don't let anyone else guilt you about mm-hmm. which choice you make. Do you feel like there is some secret to how one can do that? Like, are there any practical pieces that you feel like, well, and this is how it worked for me? That's such a great question. And I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I call myself a bad mom. Yes. Dot, dot, dot in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of, um, I think that that sort of comes from my non rule following personality mm-hmm. and just like the way that I have done things. Mm-hmm. But then as it's evolved, I think I've been able to name it. So I, so I think some of it is just organic and then some of it is like really embracing it. Yeah. And Practicing then, it. Living exactly. It. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's your secret super mom power? What do you do really well? I'm really good at creating like fun joyful experiences for my kids yeah sammy and i have sammy mommy adventures it could be like just taking the subway Mm -hmm. but it's like carving out the time the one-on-one time and just like framing it as something an adventure yeah i think i'm pretty good at that um and then also just giving them like the love joy and community that i feel is so important Mm -hmm. as a person and you know as a child growing up so happy that you reached out to me me too and said that you wanted to talk with me that to me is a really big gift of social media I think there are a lot of negative things that come from social media especially when we feel the pressure to be something we're not but I'm really grateful for it in this moment this conversation for me has also like helped sort of solidify some of the things I do and why I do them and the work Mm -hmm. that I've chosen in like a really beautiful way so thank you so much for joining us this episode. The moms you hear from on our podcast are encouraged to speak honestly and unapologetically about their experiences and choices. But the stories and points of view heard here do not reflect any official view of our podcast. We hope that being a part of these conversations will encourage all of us to turn toward ourselves and embrace motherhood our kind of way. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Motherhood Every Kind of Way or email us at motherhoodeverykindofway at gmail.com. And a special thanks to Bea Serene for letting us use your beautiful music. Oh,